number one running back. No, I'm not in a position to declare that, and neither are you. And guess what? I'm not expecting Mike Tomlin to do so either at his news conference later today. But come on. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports and the newly reborn DK Sports Radio podcasting network. Coming to you from East Rutherford, New Jersey, where the Steelers, of course, beat the Giants 26-16 in their season opener. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our friends at Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. LGKG is their known. They're a personal injury law firm in western Pennsylvania that represents people who get hurt in car accidents workers' comp cases, medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. It's important to them that when they make you a promise, they keep that promise. They've been keeping them for more than 80 years. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. You can learn more by visiting them on the web at lgkg.com or by calling them at 888-842-5454. I'm going to give you the number again. It's 888-842-5454. Benny Snell. Benny Snell football. Benny Snell ran for 113 yards on 19 carries. That's a 5.9 average. He didn't find the end zone, but he found pretty much everywhere else on the field. Um, He was really impressive. Uh, more than I'd expected to be impressed by him at any point in the 2020 season. Tomlin has a thing about second-year players. He openly encourages them. Mm, nah, that's not a strong enough word. He openly urges them to ascend to a significantly higher level than where they were at rookies, regardless of where they were as rookies. And it sure looked like... It sure looked like not only was Snell not going to get a chance to do anything, it looked like nobody was going to get a chance to do anything other than James Conner for the first quarter of this weird game. Randy Feetner had become so obsessed with getting the ball to Connor, either through handoffs or passes or who knows what else they had concocted. None of it was working. None of it was going anywhere. And then you'll never guess what happened after three series. You know, I'm someone who's always bit back against the term injury prone. I know how much it hurts athletes, no pun intended. They take a lot of pride in putting themselves into the best shape, the best conditioning possible to continue participating. A lot of it is peer pressure. A lot of it's just pride. I'm sure with Connor, it's a lot of both. doesn't matter. The time for uh, worrying about hurt feelings or sympathy or anything else that's long since dissipated where Connor is concerned. 
I don't just mean in the general public. I'm not passing the buck. I'm talking about on my end as well. When you watch him play, you're just waiting for him to come up limping from one thing or another. So sure enough, after three series, three whole series, there he is on the sideline. Left ankle getting taped. Then he's limping around over there. And then you see Snell come into the game. And you see Snell fighting for extra yards, blowing through holes, not just kind of getting to the holes, but blowing through them, showing a gear, showing an agility, showing a resiliency that Connor just doesn't have. He doesn't. He had a terrific 2018 season. Nobody can ever take that away from him. He earned that trip to the Pro Bowl. First eight or nine games in particular of that season when he was leading the NFL, all NFL running backs, in broken tackles. Really showed that. But he did other things too. He did get around the edge. He did catch passes, something that was a non-certainty going into that year. He did a lot of things. He made people forget, to a large extent, Le'Veon Bell when that wasn't even supposed to be possible. Full credit. And everyone knows the life story. This just isn't going to work. This thing where he starts a game and then is a central part of that game plan, although I would question that and did question it right on the spot as it was happening. And then he's gone. In his second quarter, he's just gone. He's not there. That's no way to enter an NFL game. It just isn't. That's not fair to anybody involved. And it does not give the Pittsburgh Steelers the best chance to win. Some athletes are just flat-out unlucky like that. It's not a very long list, but some of them are just also brittle. You know, that happens too. They just break easily. Connor breaks easily. The Steelers' offense looked completely different with Benny Snell on the field. And I say that not only as a as a shot at how Connor looked, but also that Snell looked pretty good. He looked like an NFL running back. In addition to all those yards that he picked up, I didn't even mention the blitz pickup that he had on the Steelers' first touchdown. Jabril Peppers, the terrific safety the Giants have, was coming full blast at Ben right up the gut. Benny read him. Buried him, too. This, this wasn't even interesting. Just crushed him. Ben has a chance to step back a little bit, take another look, and throw that beautiful, soft, high arc toss that Juju ran under in the end zone. Really, really pretty. But the prettiest thing on that play, and I'm sure the Steelers will agree on this when they watch the video, as they always do in their classrooms to review the previous week's performance, was the blitz pickup. Steelers have always had that big thing with running backs and blocking. 
for him. He's the guy. He's the guy. I don't care if James Conner shows up at practice a short week. If James Conner shows up and, and just looks like a, a, a million bucks. Hey, everybody, I'm fine. I'm great. Look at me. Look, I'm, I'm this. I'm that. Won't matter. Won't matter. The Steelers have a new running back. If they don't. Uh, this is a good time to take a break, huh? Yeah, you don't even want to think about what you would think of these coaches if they just watch all of that play out and said, you know what, James Conner is still our guy. It, it can't happen. It won't happen. When we come back, obviously more football. Back. Tough to figure out. I've had a tough time figuring him out since pretty much the day he arrived in Latrobe. He's very visibly someone who likes to have fun. It's innocent fun. It's harmless fun. It's walking around Market Square like he was doing a couple of days ago and just randomly passing out flowers to people that he saw. Uh, you don't get mad at someone like that. You don't get mad at someone who records themselves uh, dancing in their hotel room the way Juju did here in East Rutherford, New Jersey the night before the game. Because he just, he is that. That's his personality. I think it's fair to question his priorities or his focus when you see that in certain settings, like after a loss or after something that's tough to take personally, after a, a bad individual performance. He'll take a couple of days down and then he'll just start doing that again. But he's out there. He's very, very visible. So you see him doing things that you won't see other athletes doing because they're not as visible. They might be doing the same thing. They might be doing the same crazy dances in their hotel room. They might be passing out flowers in Market Square, too. You just won't be aware of it. I don't think they are. But just say it. And then there's Juju on the field. Uh, he's had some mess-ups on the field. He's had some fumbles that have hurt the team. He's had some drops. He had all of 2019, which didn't go well at all. He very much underperformed. He raised legitimate questions about what kind of future he has in this league as a star, like at someone at the star level. What is it that motivates him? What pushes his buttons? Well, this year you'd think all of those things would be in place. His quarterback is back. That's a positive. He seems to have all of his energy and litness and everything else that he has about him back. That's a positive. He's 
going to be a free agent after this season. That's a motivator for everyone, for every athlete everywhere, no matter what they say. And he is coming off that rough year. So there's all these different things that would be in play. And yet, when he performs the way he did here last night, when he gives the kind of effort that he did, catching a couple touchdowns, making a couple of big run blocks, and then recovering the Benny Snell fumble in the second half that, to my mind, was the play of the game, with all due respect to uh, Bud Dupree and Cam Hayward coming up with, teaming up with that big interception late. When those things happen, you're still not surprised. You know what I mean? Like, you don't go, wow, Juju really cares. Because you see that on the field on a constant basis. You see that he's invested in the team, that he's invested in the football. I've heard stories from athletes for years at all levels, down to high school and and lower, about what happens to a player at the bottom of a fumble scrum. The things that are done to them. I've heard about eye-gouging, bending, uh, breaking fingers, uh, pinching, biting, saying mean things, whatever it is. But in all that time that you see the referees gradually trying to peel this player off and that player off to try to get to the bottom... For the most part, even with 100 ESPN cameras on the scene, they don't have x-ray vision. They can't get under that pile. And when Juju sees that ball come loose there from Benny Snell, he pounces on it. Do you remember when Cam Newton in the Super Bowl a couple years ago that ball was loose, and Cam was like, I'm not going anywhere near that. That was in a championship game. He didn't want, It was radioactive. He wanted nothing to do with it. Juju is not an offensive lineman. He's not going in there with 300 pounds of beef. Juju's going in there as a wide receiver, and he's surrounded by blue shirts, and he went at that ball eagerly, willingly, And then he hung on to it, and I had to ask him after the game what actually went on down there. You will love his answer. Oh, man, uh, literally, you know, in that pile, all you hear my teammates say, you know, watch the ball, watch the ball. And I I was the first one there, you know, and I was like, everyone is on me. And all I I like to feel is, you know, people just punching, like my my left knee was about to bend, and my, my finger was just like, twisting the opposite way and but I had the ball on my right rib and I, I all I could do was apply pressure on it to keep it there um, I kept it in long enough to, to where you know the refs saw that I had the ball and then eventually like towards the end like obviously the Giants were like punching and kicking they finally get the ball out but you know he, he clearly saw that I had the ball and you know that's huge for us you know you know what good for him good for this kid let him go ahead and stick it to everybody Everybody who's doubted him, myself included, at various points. Let him do that. 
if he goes out on the football field and competes like that, he doesn't really leave much, if any, room for his critics of anything else that he does, given, again, that it's all really, you know, innocuous stuff. Good for him. And if he ends up parlaying it into whatever else it is that makes him happy, whether it's more money, more fame, more power to him there as well. The Steelers would appear to have plenty to benefit from him in that regard. When we come back, I'm going to go over some of the not-so-great stuff that's uh, residual from this victory. Field. There'll be no fans there, just like there were no fans here. And I'm sure it'll be just as weird there as it was here. I think this one was actually weirder. 82,500 gray seats. It's really hard uh, to describe what that was like for you. I've done quite a few sporting events now in empty stadiums, and I thought this one wasn't going to throw me that much, and it did. It's it's strange. Um 68,500 seats of yellow will probably have an even different and stranger impact on me. Not all of this was good. Um, a, a lot of it was, obviously, Ben Roethlisberger with the three touchdown passes. I mentioned Benny Snell. I mentioned Juju. T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree both had outstanding games. It was good to see Stefan Tuitt back on the field, making an impact, too. He had himself a, a sack and visibly enjoyed it, too. Cam Hayward, uh, it's just it, they, they largely played really well in individual capacities. But not all of it was great. Um, the most obvious thing is that they've, Lost three players to injury. One of them was Connor. Already been over that. The other two were offensive linemen. And while it would appear that there would be ready-made solutions for replacing Zach Banner, who at least appeared to have a significant knee injury, and Stefan Wisniewski, who was subbing for David DeCastro and went down with a pectoral injury, there are very few uh, light pectoral injuries for offensive or defensive linemen in football. So that one sounds kind of ominous as well. While it would appear that there are answers for these guys, it's still not going to be super easy, uh, certainly not over the long haul if they're out for a while. Banner can be replaced very obviously by Chuksakorafor, who he narrowly beat out for the starting right tackle job. 
Chooks did get some snaps uh, in this game. Chooks has had snaps. Chooks is a good football player. Chooks can be the starting right tackle for the Steelers. David DeCastro ideally would return for the Denver game. Uh, he's not that serious. Uh, uh, the, his status has been kind of odd in that going back to the first week of training camp, he was held out. Everybody expected he'd be right back. Then he goes back out there, and then he kind of tweaks it again. So he shut down for another couple of weeks. Then he comes back, and then, eh, they don't like that. So they thought, well, let's give him another couple of weeks to get that thing all the way back and make sure it's set. So Denver would be a really nice target to have David DeCastro back. Because if you have that, then you at least have, you know, four of your 2019 regular linemen in place. What you lack is depth. Uh, Kevin Dotson, the rookie, isn't somebody that you would think the coaching staff would be eager to be throwing out there into regular season NFL games so soon after he was drafted with no preseason, no nothing to lead him into this. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers are looking for some sort of offensive line depth here in the coming week. The other thing that wasn't great about this game was a general... Not malaise. They tried. Obviously, they tried really, really hard. The effort was extraordinary in, in some cases. But there wasn't a whole lot of sync. The, there wasn't for the offense early on. I, I was blaming Randy Feetner for a lot of that. A complete lack of imagination. They did have some of that Matt Canada side-to-side -side motion, but the play calling at the end of all the motion was not all that ambitious. It took a while, and as always with Ben, it's right when he starts getting into a no huddle and a rhythm, and he's calling the plays, and he's making the throws that things get going. We'll see if that continues. You don't want to see Deontay Johnson muffing a punt. You don't want to see him dropping a pass. You want to see Deontay Johnson a lot more involved in the offense. He did end up making a couple of nice plays, a, ni a couple of nice catch and runs you know that curling thing that he does he catches it he comes back to the quarterback and then he goes around whoever was on him those are nice more of those defensively I still wasn't wild about Terrell Edmonds um, the one time he he got beat downfield there was a push off but at the same time it was still him there you know what I mean and you kind of just connect him to the negative plays that you see downfield uh, there was obviously a big breakdown on Daniel Jones's 41-yard touchdown pass early on. It looked like Minka Fitzpatrick bit on the tight end, and Joe Hayden and Steven Nelson were late in converging at the back end. Not the end of the world. Not the end of the world. For the most part, this went... It went pretty well. Uh, it, it went the way you would expect it to, meaning both the bad and the good. There's no way anybody could have imagined for a second that after all this, after all this time off, after all these lack of games and lack of snaps, 
that regardless of the opponent that the Steelers were just going to be, you know, like that with everything. It just wasn't going to happen. They got the result. They got some very strong individual performances out of it. They got Ben back. They got Ben back. Let's not overcomplicate this, you know? Yeah, he, he took a couple of hits. He got up the one time holding his knee, and you're like, ah, this is the end of the world. And then Mason Rudolph starts warming up on the sideline, and Ben's got his arm in a wrap, and you're going, what's that all about? And then Ben plays coy about it afterward when we ask. Get used to that. That's going to happen. As long as he makes it through the game and then he plays in the next game, I wouldn't worry about much else that occurs in between. He's back. The team is really talented. Really talented. And it's really ambitious. They have a great character to them. Not a good one, not a very good one, but a great one. And this looks like it could be fun. But, you know, one thing at a time. They can take on the Broncos. That's next. I'm heading home. I'm heading home. Thanks so much for listening to this. Next one will be done from home. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.